Children of God, thank you for tuning in to episode number 17. I would like to talk a little bit today about a different topic. Things that confuse new believers and people that are searching for the right church so that they can learn and grow. Things that confuse new believers and people that are searching for the right church so that they can learn and grow. It has come to my attention that everybody that's staying away from the church are not staying away because they want to stay away from the church. They are staying away because they are confused about the church. And I think that we have confused them. But it's time for us to begin caring about what the children of God are concerned about. It's time for us to begin to care about their fears, their fears about the church, their feelings about the church, their thoughts about the church. The people want a pastor, they do, but they are fearful of pastors. The people want a church home, but they are fearful of the home. The church home is no longer a safe haven. And it's so interesting because we use that word church home, and home is a place where we normally trust. We should trust home. Home is warm, it's safe, it's secure, it's a haven. But they are saying, I can't trust it. I do want a church home. But I can't trust that the home is going to be a safe haven. They want a pastor whose arms they can trust. Men want a pastor whose arms they can trust. Without making them feel weak. Without making them feel like they are punks. For releasing their hurt through tears. Please listen to me today. Please listen. Don't judge. Listen. I'm going to repeat it. The people are not staying away from the church because they want to stay away from the church. They don't want to stay away. They want a church home. Keyword, home. They want a church home. Like what they remember from before. Like what their parents had and their grandparents had. They want a pastor, but they are fearful of the pastor. They want a church home, but they are fearful of the church home. They are saying the church home is no longer a safe haven. They want a pastor whose arms they can trust. Men want a pastor whose arms they can trust without making them feel like they're weak. Without making them feel like they're punks, as I said earlier. But releasing their hurt through tears. Why is it that women can cry but men can't cry? Why is it that men can cry with a woman but can't cry with a man pastor? Who said that? What are we doing? 
What are we doing? Pastors, please. I'm asking you, can your church be the safe haven? Ask yourself right now. Can your church be the safe haven? Are you able to say, well, are you able to put your hands up and say, well, mine can. They can come to my church home. They're safe there. My church home is not toxic. My church home is not judgmental. They can come there and find refuge there. Are you able to say that? Ask yourself right now. Search yourself right now and ask yourself the question, how safe is my church for hurting people? How safe are my arms for hurting people? You know the Bible verses. You quote scripture all the time. But are you unsafe for those that need a safety net? Do I need to repeat that? You're full of words. You quote word all day. You preach it every Sunday. You teach it a couple times a week. You have a church, but is it a home? How safe? I need you to ask yourself that question right now. How safe is my church for hurting people? How safe are my arms for hurting people? Think on that. Think about it. And and I'm going to throw in something else. You know, many times we just love to preach to ourselves. We just love to preach to the saved people. How conducive is my church for sinners. <laughs> Ask yourself, do I even want the sinners there? How safe? How safe is my church? How conducive is the atmosphere in my church? We're guilty. Oh, so guilty for leaving the people confused. We are guilty for causing them to question so much about God's simple truth. God's simple truth of of love and salvation. We're guilty for causing... That's a simple thing. That's who God is. He's about love. He's about salvation. He's about unity. And yet... We leave the people questioning those things. Questioning God's love. Questioning salvation. We're guilty of that. Their questions and fears today are endless. When I talk to different people, when I talk to people that have listened to the podcast... 
They're asking questions like this. Storyteller. Why so many churches, they ask. Why so many versions of the Bible, they ask. When they go to the churches with their King James Version Bible, they can't follow along because they can't find your version in their Bible. Whatever you're preaching about, whatever you're, whatever scripture you're reading, they're reading from a different Bible, from a different version. So they have their Bible in their hands, but they can't find your words in their Bible. So you cause them to say things like, are these preachers just making up stuff? Because I can't find that. Where is that? I, it's, it's not, that's not in my Bible. So if it's not in my Bible that I'm reading here, then what's right? How do I know that what they're reading is right? How do I even know that what's in my Bible is right? Is my Bible wrong? Did I come to church with the wrong Bible? Why do I have the wrong Bible? And then, if all that's wrong, where can I find the right Bible so that I can simply learn and grow? Listen, listen, listen pastors, listen churches. People just simply want to learn and grow. They don't want to be in confusion. They just want to learn and grow. If there's one Bible that you're going to use, if there's one version that you use, can you please put that up, plaster it on the walls, put it up somewhere to say, this church uses this version of the Bible. So that these babes that's coming in desire nothing other than to learn and to grow will know, oh, I got the wrong Bible. I need to go out and get this version of the Bible. Because today, I'm not going to learn anything. I'm not going to grow. But you leave them saying, how can I trust what you just said about what the right Bible is? Because you're saying your Bible is the right version. And you're saying my Bible is also the right version. But yet, I don't understand what you're saying. Because I can't see it with my own eyes. So, pastors, this is your church. How do you fix that confusion now that you know that people are confused about these versions? Well, you know what I'm about to ask you now. Do you even care? doesn't matter. One person comes in with American Standard. Someone else comes in with the NIV. Another person on that same road's got the Living Letters Bible. And they're saying, don't y'all know that you're confusing us? You stand there and you say, I'm reading from the Living Bible, and you can begin reading with me. 
but I can't read with you. Because what you're reading is not in my Bible. Everybody's got Bibles open. But I'm hearing so many different versions. I'm hearing so many different sounds. Everybody's got a sound. And it sounds like gibberish to me. It sounds like I'm in a foreign country. Because we're in one church. But we're all reading from a different version of the Bible. We're all quoting something different. So that's not sounding right in my ears. Something is wrong with that hearing. Something is wrong with what I'm hearing. Something is wrong with that picture. And you have the audacity to say, is everybody in the Word? And I'm not in the Word. The people behind me are not in the Word. We're all holding our Bibles, looking at it, but we're not seeing anything that you are reading. And another thing that's confusion to me and confusion to the people, you say, now I, I want you to take your time and listen to what you're saying. You say, are we all in the Word? And I'm just wondering when someone's going to ever say, no, I'm not in the Word because I don't know what you're reading. And I say this to you, children of God. When are you going to lift your hands up and say, I'm not in the Word yet? Can you tell me where you're reading from can you tell me if I have the wrong Bible because sir if I have the wrong Bible can you tell me where I can find the right Bible ma'am if I have the wrong Bible can you tell me where I can find the right Bible because I want to have the right Bible I want to be on the same page hallelujah with you because you just ask a question Are we all in the Word? My answer is no, we're not. And, Pastor, do you think that they are are saying, no, I'm not in the Word because they want to check behind you? Do you think that they want to read along with you because they want to make sure you're reading the right thing? Just to be mean? Just to check to see if you're saying the right thing? No. I think they just want to follow along. I think they just want to follow along. So their eyes can see those words. So they can feel those words. Because after all, they are probably saying, Why did I even bring a Bible? If I'm not going to be able to read my Bible, if my Bible doesn't mean anything, why did I even bring it, they ask. I may want to look these words, these scriptures over later. I may want to go back over them. 
So, why did you say, will everybody please stand for the reading of the word? Why did you say, when you have the word, say amen? Why do you do that? Is that just a church thing? When you're in the word, please say amen. Well, some people say amen. Some people say nothing. But for sure, everybody doesn't say amen. And yet, you still commence to read in any way. Now, pastors, I want you to take note. You said, when you are in the Word, please say. Actually, what you said is, when everybody is in the Word, please say amen. And sometimes you will even say things like, I I still hear pages flipping. I still hear pages turning. But then that little antsy thing gets into you and you say well I'm gonna go ahead and begin to read but you'll catch up how do you how do you feel how do you feel hearing that in your ears how do you feel saying you ask a question when everybody's in the words say amen And then you turn right around and you say, I'm going to go ahead and begin to read in your hearing. And you'll catch up. I'm going to give you some time. I'm going to pause right here and give you some time to listen to how that sounds. They brought their Bibles so that they could follow along with you. But you don't have the time to allow them to do that. And you have not said, is there anyone that needs help in finding the scripture? Because you're anxious about something. In the house of prayer for all people, You're anxious about something. Listen to what you're saying. But I'm going to go ahead and read it. Because I'm anxious. And you'll catch up later. Pastors. These are God's people. How do you think that God feels about the fact that you're saying, I can't wait on you all. I'm going to go ahead and get started And you can catch up with me later. Babes in the church. Sinners in the church. New believers in the church. Visitors in the church. People who decided today I'm not staying home. I'm not staying in the bed today. I'm going to the house of God. But yet when they get to the house of God. You say I don't have time to let you catch up. With your unknown version of the Bible. I'm going to go ahead and read in your hearing. 
Well, sir, I went out and bought myself a new Bible. Because now I'm holding a, and I'm happy about my new Bible because I, I'm holding a Bible in my hand and not a joint. You need to hear me today. I'm happy about my new Bible because I'm holding a Bible in my hand and not a bottle. I'm happy about my new Bible because I'm holding my Bible in my hand and not a deck of cards on Sunday, on Sunday morning. And you tell me that you're going to go ahead and, and run off and leave me and let me catch up. How dare you? The storyteller is saying to you, how dare you? How dare you say they'll catch up? They don't want to catch up. They want to read along with you. They want to be on one accord with the church. How dare you, sir? How dare you, ma'am? Is the church about you? Or is it about the people? Is it called the house of prayer for all people? Are you okay with just leaving them to catch up? Are you okay with that? I, I think you probably never really heard how it sounded. So that's why I'm the storyteller and I'm telling you how it sounds. So listen up. Are you okay with leaving them to catch up? I think you kind of thought it was a funny thing because most of the time when you say, I, I, I'm going to, you, you, you'll catch up later. You, you'll get it later on. And I think because the church always laughs when you say that, you, you'll get it later. Well, they didn't come to get it later. They came to get it then and there. And if they didn't get it, if you, if you see confusion on your face, then step back. Walk it back so that you can say, maybe I didn't make myself clear. And go back over that thing again. Go back over that word again. That's what you're there for. That's what God called you for. Wow. When are you going to stop? Just stop and ask God whether or not he's okay with your treatment of his people. You'll get it later. You'll catch up. You'll get it later. You'll catch up. You'll catch up one of these days. How dare you? They're here. You sent your evangelists out into the highways and the byways. You left cars on their doorsteps. You left flyers on their porches. You sent them out to get the people. And now that you have the people, you can't wait on the people. You tell the people that you sent your evangelists out to get, that you'll catch up. 
Is it not bad enough that you read a version that's not even the version that they came to church with? Is it not bad enough that you make them think that they're in a foreign country because they have their Bibles open and they cannot find a word that you're saying? And you won't fix that? But you and you and you and you didn't have time to let them catch up? To read their Bible inside the church home. For some of them, this was a mighty good feeling for them. And you robbed them of that feeling. You reduced them down to a piece of bread with that one phrase. You'll catch up, you'll get it later. Why did you make a grand poobah fuss? Overstanding to reverence the word of God. The people are saying, I stood, but I never even heard what you just read. I stood because you say, Everybody, under the sound of my voice, everybody that can stand, please stand for the reverence of the word of God. But what you want us to reverence in the version that you have sounds like something that you and your buddies put together while you were sitting in the gym. It doesn't sound like something that the Lord would say. So hence the people are confused. They are saying, where did this come from? That doesn't even sound like something that God would say. This sounds like something that two people are just sitting around talking. This doesn't sound godly. So I don't see this in my Bible. In my Bible, my Bible says, and the Lord said. My Bible said, thus said the Lord. But he's reading something else that sounds very common, very everyday-like. I'm standing in reverence to what I thought was God's word. But it doesn't sound like God's word. Listen, pastors. Listen, preachers. And everybody else. These babes cannot fight the devil with everyday talking. And that's what they're saying. I don't need to try to fight Satan with your words. He won't listen to my words, and he's not going to listen to your words. I need you to teach me how to fight with the word of God. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Well, in your version, it calls him a good friend. In your version, it calls him the higher power, not Jesus. So, you got me losing the battle. If I listen to you, I'm going to lose the battle. Because I'm fighting using an ineffective name. Now, 
I came to your church with my grandma's Bible. And in my Bible, her Bible talks about Jesus. Her Bible talks about the name of the Lord being a strong tower. Her Bible doesn't say anything about a higher power. Her Bible doesn't say anything about him being a good friend. I'm in a pickle here. I need the name that has power. But you, what you're reading from is not going to help me. So I'm confused. That's what they're saying. Trust me, pastors. That's what they're saying. But you know that. You know they're confused. But the question is, what are we going to do? Are we going to leave them in confusion? Are we going to fix it? So, the bottom line is, they're saying about us, I don't trust y'all. I just simply do not trust you all. I don't trust the church. I don't trust the pastors. You got too many Bibles, too many versions, too many interpretations, too many opinions, too many thoughts and ideas. Y'all not on one accord. So hence, I'd rather not come. I'd rather not come to your establishment. One church says, when you bring the children, the children must all go to the nursery or the children's church. Another church says, children are welcome. Bring the children. One church says, pull your pants up. And no caps in the house of God. Next one says, come as you are. One church frowns on women even wearing pants to the church. That's not the pulpit, mind you. They're just coming to the church. Another church says, come as you are. One church says, you can't come in during the devotion. You have to wait outside in the vestibule. Or outside, or outside, depending on what kind of church it is. Next church says, oh, come on in. We don't want you standing outside because there's something to be had. There's something for you to receive in every part of the service. One church takes an offering for the building fund, the pastor's anniversary, the scholarship fund, the homeless fund, the food drive. The first lady's annual ladies ball. The next one, just do tithes and offering. What? Confusion. Confusion in the house of God. So pastors, I'm gonna let you take that one. How do you fix that confusion? Shepherds, how do you fix that confusion? You are aware now that people are confused, right? You are aware of that. How are you going to fix it? 
This whole podcast is about the downfall of the church. And these are some of the reasons, just a few of the reasons, why the people no longer want us. Too much confusion. Too much confusion. Pastor, you got that one. You work on that. You fix that. Give God some praise. If this is not your church, and your church is fine, then God bless you. In fact, God bless you real, real good. But if this is your church, then I want you to take notice. I want you to say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm guilty. I am guilty. I've done some of these things. I may not have done all of them, but I've done some of them. If you did at least one of those things, if you said to your people, I'm going to go ahead and commence the reading of scripture, but you'll catch up later, If you said even that, tell God you're sorry. Acknowledge that you did that. That was the treatment that you gave to God's people, to his babies, to his little children. God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, for this episode calls us all to take it to heart and let us not bypass the shoe that fits us if the shoe fits then wear it I am the storyteller until we talk again God bless you